crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. And politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn Right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. All the unions always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. There'll come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free. Broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap Committee, live from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you here along for the ride. It's going to be a good one. Just had a conversation with the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience, uh, Mr. Ron Edwards. And, uh, you know, for our Sunday afternoon conversations, we had a habit of uh, stretching those conversations longer than we planned, and it happened again today. So I literally had to break that conversation up into three segments, uh, and uh, that's part of why I'm actually kind of glad I'm recording uh, all the guest interviews now and then going back and and then breaking them down into segments so that they fit into the show a little better, because I would have been hard-pressed to make that work otherwise, and it just it really worked out well. So three different segments today, uh, and I'm still going to try to work in some of the other uh, topics that I had planned to talk about. Uh, did actually do my due diligence, did the show prep like I was supposed to, and uh, was looking at trying to sneak three topics into the third hour. I'm um, third hour. Uh, three topics into the second hour. Uh, now with three segments with Ron, that's going to make it hard to get all three of those in because part of that's going to have to go into the second hour too. But we're going to try to make it happen, and if I don't quite get there, who knows? Maybe I'll go ahead and do an an extra bonus amount of time for those of you out there that 
want to exclusively listen to the podcast. Uh, I, I might do that. I, it depends on how I'm feeling once I get there. But what I'm going to do right now is go ahead and uh, slide into that conversation with Ron Edwards. So you guys stay where you're at. Here comes part one of my Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards. All right, ladies and gentlemen, once again, I am joined by the great American patriot. That is no exaggeration. It is not hyperbole. It is the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience, and just all-around great guy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show once more, Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron, uh, as always, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, before we jump into anything at all, how are you today? I'm doing very well. Um, good, 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 uh, good day. I have to say, even uh, despite everything, uh, probably things we're going to talk about, I'm doing very, very well, and I appreciate the the opportunity to be on your show and to once again visit with your great audience and uh, God blessing God's blessings to all of them as well, and of course to you, sir, and your family. All right. Well, thank you for that, and uh, to you as well. All right. Let's jump right in with this. Uh, the story that kind of has me really angry the more that we found out about it, and that's the story of this 10-year-old girl who uh, had to go get an abortion because she was a rape victim. At first, it looked like maybe Joe Biden was just making this up. Now it turns out that the reason there weren't reports is because there was an intentional cover-up. We now have official confirmation from a Telemundo report that this illegal migrant was in a domestic relationship with the mother of the girl and that she's clearly trying to protect him over her own daughter. Uh, but just everything from start to finish, this the, the left wanting to use the story of this girl as a means to try and promote the abhorrent behavior of abortion. The, the flat-out lie that she had to cross state lines because even though Ohio does have a very strict heartbeat law in place now, there is still an exemption for the life of the mother, and it is very difficult to imagine. You can't get a, a physician to make the argument uh, that a 10-year-old girl is not physically prepared to safely carry a uh, child to term, so she probably didn't have to do it again, most likely, and this is just me uh, uh, throwing my opinion out here, but most likely it looks like the mom is still trying to protect the boyfriend, the live-in boyfriend, um, uh, so that nobody that they knew might accidentally see her having to go get this abortion. Uh, they claim to want to protect children, that this is supposed to be watching out, but clearly they just want to use them. And now the left is wishing this story would go away because it certainly shines a light on their failures to control our southern border and to have actual solid uh, immigration policies. And uh, it also casts a light once again on how dangerous sanctuary city policies can be. Uh, and with all that setting it up, where are you falling on this story? What, what is your take and what should happen moving from this point forward? Well, man. Where do I start? I could start with what should happen going forward, and it's the obvious. We need to tighten up that border post-haste because that is the most dangerous, um, I guess, situation uh, concerning our republic right now as it stands, despite the many other uh, horrendous things going on. If we do not sell, we I think we've gotten almost to the tipping point of no return. If we don't shut this thing down very soon, uh, as far as all immigration, legal and illegal, uh, our nation is, is, is done. We're cooked. And it will be a hellhole 
to live in. I visited other countries in the past and I've seen big heap of differences. And uh, you don't want that stuff to be normalized here. You think American ghettos are bad uh, or have been? You ain't seen nothing yet. And they want to bring all of that here as if America is supposed to be the world's feeding trough. No, the America was did, like South Korea did, and a few other places that are doing quite well, thank you. Uh, Singapore comes to mind. And at one time, Hong Kong, uh, which followed more, I guess, the, the British example, but hard work and low taxes uh, was, the, was the, the theme there. Uh, Tim, when it comes to this particular case, I, I, I found something suspicious because, bit suspicious because me being from Ohio, I knew exactly the, the legal setup here, and it didn't sound right. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, it, it turns out my, my hunch was correct. They wanted to make the Ohio AG look bad <laughs> and the state look bad, I guess, because it's a pretty red state and, and all of that. And uh, this is what it's all about, misinformation on behalf of, as you so aptly said, uh, protecting the, uh, the, the evil mission of the, uh, the, of the illegal border uh, crisis supporters. And uh, the mother, by the way, the, the mother in this case, I have less respect for her than, than, than everyone involved. Because if a mother, if a mother dearest does not have the moxie the moral decency to stand up for her child, or I, I would say the same thing for a dad. She, she, I would think that they need to take the child away. You know, if our, our, our society had its wits about it, she, now that's a case where I would take the child away, not to put into the, a, a ward of the state to find a decent family for her. I, you know, that, that has to be cleaned up. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this, this is a horrific situation. No, no two ways about it. Uh, the fact that we have literally activists in Indiana that wanted to use this story because she heard it from somebody else. The fact that the the mandatory legal reports, uh, according to the first OBGYN that saw this girl in Ohio, whatever reason, they didn't file an official report or at least – the official report didn't get filed like it should be with law enforcement, meaning that maybe somebody there didn't do their job. She ended up getting a referral, and the mandatory legal requirement for the report in Indiana didn't get uh, in the hands of uh, law enforcement. They didn't make an arrest until somebody over at PGA Media started actually digging up the, the facts about the story and found some truth about it. But we were literally this close, Ron, just just an eyelash away from chalking this up to just another lie from Joe Biden, something they made up and want to tell because there was no evidence that this had occurred. And man, oh man, how looking at that now, I wish that had actually been the case because it would have been so much better to just say, okay, one more time, the plagiarist lied and buying Biden and and all his lefty lying uh, minions are just doing what they do instead of seeing this young girl who was not not only put in danger, physical harm's way uh, by the mother in this unhealthy relationship, but also the fact that the police either because they're a sanctuary city and refuse to take action or because they weren't properly notified, whichever the case may be, were unable to make sure that this young girl was safe. So the point you were making, she needs to be made safe first. And if 
anybody, left, right, center, doesn't matter, not even a political story at this point. If you actually cared about the child and her well-being at this point, that should be the first order of business. So, yes, intervening and getting her in a safe place uh, should have been the first order of business and still doesn't seem to be the priority of the court in this case because uh, the argument's been made that, yes, the boyfriend does have an apartment where he can stay separate from them. Uh, Excuse me? Uh, Just saying that he does have one doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen. Where is the court orders protecting this young girl? How is she not uh, being uh, taken care of now since clearly the family that she's been depending on, uh, her mother and her siblings, have been unable to do so so far? Uh, It's just mind-boggling. I'd like to add something else in there. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, – forgive me. If I'm wrong, please feel free to correct me, uh, Tim. Please. But – it seems that if you rape a child, if you rape anyone, I I would think that there's a, an adult-sized birdcage waiting for you or or street justice. Neither one is, is, is being proposed, at least from my knowledge, for this, this gentleman, and I use the term very, very loosely. Um, to me, that, that, that really says something about how sick our society has become. And my theory as to why they're not going hard after after him and making a big case out of what he did because there's so many in the church in government in education that are in support of pedophilia and they don't want to make a big thing out of this for that reason as well yeah yeah i don't doubt that you're right about that too Uh, that's an aspect that you know i'm angry enough as it is without having to add that in there but yeah okay way to go ron you made me even angrier (laughs) because Not only is that a reason to be mad, but that is also something I should have uh, been adding to that story, too. So uh, thank you for that perspective, sir. And again, absolutely right and utterly, just utterly ridiculous. It it goes back to that sign of how close we are as a uh, God-fearing republic to being just plowed under by the leftist ideologies and values, which is their intent, of course. Uh, You know, I hate transitioning. Uh, away from this uh, story because it feels like there's so much more to talk about with it. But there's so many more things I want to try to sneak in, and I'm going to try to get at least three topics in. You know how our conversations tend to, uh, once we get (laughs) going, uh, and, uh, and rightfully so. But, you know, we are right now looking at our strategic oil reserve being opened up. And it was bad enough when we were seeing it being sent to our European allies, which, you know, air quotes works really good for Radio Ron. <laughs> but, but trust me, imagine in your mind I'm putting the air quotes up because I am. But now we literally have a big chunk of our strategic petroleum reserves going to China, a declared enemy of this nation, and going through an energy company that has strong ties with Hunter Biden. Uh, how is this not treason, sir? Well, it is treason. The problem is you, you also have a treasonous system. This this government, as I say on my own show often, this government has gone rogue and is as much of an enemy of we the people as China could ever dream of being. If it were not so, you would not have this case of the Biden administration giving our oil or selling it whatever whichever way you want to look at it um, to the Chinese. You wouldn't have that going on. You wouldn't have it, uh, us passing our reserves on to Europe either. 
because Europe put itself in, in its position uh, because they didn't like uh, Orange Man Gone Bad in their, in their stupid mindset. Uh, and so they defiantly went against him and decided to kiss the backside of Putin. And uh, they're in a heap of hurt when it comes to petroleum oil and as well as uh, natural gas and goody goody gumdrop for them. And if our, uh, I'm sorry, the government of the United States of America had any decency about it, uh, the last thing, and I mean the last thing on earth they would have done was given one teacup of petroleum oil to China or Europe, and they would have not plugged up the Keystone Pipeline. They would have not uh, turned down or even shut down already approved drilling sites. They would not have uh, stopped to drilling sites um, that were already in process. Uh, I guess I said that. But they wouldn't uh, have done what they've done concerning our own oil supplies. The government is our enemy. It, that is the reality, and we've got to face it. The sooner we do, the sooner we, the people, can get together and do something about it. And by the way, Tim, I know this wasn't uh, what you brought up, but I think, in my opinion, it relates to this. Okay. The January 6th crowd had it right. We, the people, do have, and it is written in the Constitution, that when the government goes in this direction, it's basically gone rogue. It is more eloquently written in the Constitution, and folks should go read it for themselves, that the people do have the right of redress to go in and replace those in office who are not doing their jobs correctly. Yes, it is more written, written much better in the Constitution, and I urge people to go check it out. And they'll realize that these January 6 hearings are nothing but bull capitalists with a hit, tempered. Um, they're not tempered at all. They're basically set up for the incurably ignorant masses um, who are far too many in this country. And that, too, is a, is a huge danger in our republic. The incurably willful ignorant in this country who go along to get along with all this bull capital less that's going on with the, those hearings. And they're not angry about uh, this, this, this thing with the oil. I, I, most people are not pissed off and that's, that's pretty sad. Yeah, it really is. I mean, they complain when they go to fill up their gas tank and it's, if there's some disconnect in their mind that the two are related and it's like, well, why? Because uh, the administration tells you they're not related. And in regards to your comment about the eloquence in which you uh, made your point, sir, uh, I think we're past the point of eloquence. I think we're to the point of bluntness. We need to make it clear because, uh, as you just kind of mentioned, with the, uh, in some cases, willful, in some cases, not so much, but general ignorance of the masses, uh, if you attempt to be as eloquent as it was written, both in the Declaration of Independence and as it is stated in the Constitution, then there is a high risk that people will pretend as if, well, that language is just too flowery. It's too hard to understand because they haven't been made to even try. It's not difficult, guys. It's simple, plain English. That's part of why the current administration and all Democrats and all global leftists right now don't want you reading it, because if you did, you would realize there's almost no room for interpretation and then therefore reinterpretation. And there's people like Maisie Hirono going around telling people, we, <laughs> we have no way of knowing what the founding fathers really meant. Really? Uh, try reading the 
the Federalist Papers. Uh, try reading the, some of the documentations of the debates. Try reading the flyers and the tracks of the time because guess what? There's a ton of documentation, and they, unlike you, a modern politician, wanted to be very clear about what they felt and why they felt that way. That used to be a standard in order to graduate high school, to be able to communicate that clearly. Now we have people that the expectation is if they can do that, that somehow they're a threat. Because, Ron, as you know, they are. If you can critically think and see through all their uh, bovine excrement, then it becomes very clear that that's all that they're (laughs) trying to spread fertilizer as far as the eye can see. Yeah, and it's not even the good cheap fertilizer, <laughs> but uh, you you know, um, and when I in, in fact I had a conversation uh, very recently when someone uh, stated uh, that very thing. Well, Ron, you don't really know what those those men meant. You don't know. I said, <laughs> well, they wrote it down. They wrote it down, and many of those speeches and statements were, were written down or recorded verbatim. And by the way, sir, in this case, it was a, a man's. And I said, by the way, sir, you certainly seem to understand the tenets of the Communist Manifesto because you certainly support all of that. Oh, 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 oh. you know, they start barking like a chihuahua. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, you know, so you're either going to go along to get along with the Communist Manifesto, which Democrats and the Rhino Republicans do in increasing numbers. Or you're going to go with a more righteous standard, which is the Bible, which is the, the Constitution, which was inspired by the Word of God, by the way, and you know, of course William Blackstone and other greats, but all good men and um, all freedom, all true liberty, and the concept of it, by the way, does come from the Word of God. Without Christianity, as it was called by Constantine, I think uh, he named it that as such. Uh, without that, there would be no liberty. We there would be none. With you take away the the history of Christianity and its impact on the world, you will not have had the Renaissance period, the Baroque period, and you would not have the, the fight for liberty, which started in Europe and fully manifested here in the United States. All right. Well, circling back around to this uh, connection with the uh, Hunter Biden Chinese oil company, uh, mm-hmm. clearly we have the type of conflict of interest that a lot of us were pointing at before the election, which, of course, (laughs) was denied, denied, denied. Oh, uh, that's just a conspiracy theory. Oh, that's been debunked. Oh, that's just not true. Oh, I -hmm. never talked to Hunter about any of his business dealings. (laughs) And now that we have had every bit of that confirmed to have been true, not just conspiracy, um, we see the Democrats trying to uh, uh, find a way to hit the eject button on Biden, but they're still kind of nervous because they don't have a great option to replace. So uh, as we're about to have to take the mid-hour break, uh, want to try and kind of hit on this topic, and then we'll move on uh, after that break. Uh, what are your thoughts about how the election right now is looking like it's going to shape up? And we'll start with the Democratic side of things. Do you think this is just buyer's remorse from the Democrats, but they'll circle the wagons once they realize they don't have a better choice? Or do you think they're going to uh, try to primary Joe uh, I mean, and really get behind it as a party to do the primary? And if you do think so, who's most likely uh, to come out of that? It doesn't matter 
And I say that uh, because they remember they have their feet on the judiciary and the um, or their hands rather on the judiciary and on the um, the voter machines. So it doesn't matter until that voting situation is cleaned up. They could put in, oh, I don't know, Lassie. It doesn't matter. And uh, the the mental equivalent to Lassie. And I think I would be insulting Lassie would be Kamala Harris. Well, you know what? I would uh, I would take Lassie over Kamala. Yeah, right that's now. what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't I don't I shouldn't compare her to uh, Lassie because that's an insult to Lassie. Um, man, because my dog, a lady, she was a colleague. She actually exhibited more intelligence than uh, Kamala. So uh, we're you know as far as the Democrats are concerned, in normal times. If they did not have control of the electronic voter system, they would be in a heap of hurt seriously. And even with all the the stupid, I'm sorry, uh, ignorant masses in in this country, I think they would still lose bigly, as Trump would say. But unfortunately, because they have their hands still on the uh, the control buttons, so to speak, it doesn't matter. They could put Joe back in. And he could just mumble around, uh, 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 and uh, they keep giving him these pills that keep him awake and keep him going. And when you see him uh, stumbling about, sort of, you know, as he goes further along, it's because the pills are wearing off. Uh, But it doesn't matter. I hate to put it that way, but it really does not matter until we clean up. And unfortunately, we have too many rhinos that are in the way preventing the real cleanup of the voter situation. Well, I, I certainly see your point, but uh, I do also tend to think right now it's going to be really hard for them to pull the level of shenanigans they'll have to do because clearly they're not going to be able to get away with all the same things they did in the last presidential. Uh, we've already had two states declare that they would not be returning to the type of ballot box uh, and the allowing of ballot harvesting that they did permit under the COVID restrictions. Uh, those two oh. those two things alone make a huge difference, but but obviously, there's. But did you hear? Go ahead. But Tim, did you hear uh, about? Uh, in fact, I, I read it yesterday. They're already planning on a much more severe Corona China virus attack, and they're already have it lined up to put us back in masks, and they've already printed out many millions of these uh, mail-in ballots, and they're also working in concert to bring about this monkey uh, virus. I'm looking at a huge picture of this nasty monkey virus. And the cases are soaring in this country. I don't know how cases can soar because the way monkey virus is spread in Africa is is a very horrible way. And you know where it really came from. It it did come from monkeys, Uh, human beings making contact with monkeys. Uh, That's how it happened. And, um, for it to be here where there are no wild monkeys running around is pretty um, kind of scary. And therein lies the problem. It is our, our, our number one enemy, which is the government, yeah. which is doing this. Well, there's no doubt the current administration is up to full-blown shenanigans, and Joe is not pulled the one pulling the strings. He's just the front man. We've known this for a while. But we still see poll after poll of uh, – traditional Democratic uh, voters that are strongly opposed to Joe even running again. 
so yeah, we we do have to be concerned about uh, who they end up with, but it just it shows a lack of commitment, and I do think that inner struggle between the uh, so-called justice Democrats and the rest of the party is still ongoing. The uh, uber progressives, I think, are hitting their head against the wall because even uh, <laughs> the uh, bloat uh, the vote blue, no matter who crowd, starting to say, well, wait a minute, maybe they're not quite that blue after all. Uh, all right, Ron, let's take a uh, brief break, and then we will pick up the same conversation, only we'll take a quick look at uh, the Republican side before we melt into uh, uh, other topics. So, guys, stay right where you're at, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be uh, coming back right after this very brief break with our guest, Ron Edwards. <laughs> I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tapp and Tap Into the Truth. If nations are to be judged by how they treat their children, then the United States could be in big heap of trouble. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, being brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Once upon a time, children in America were seen as little innocent ones who needed proper guidance and were to be cherished because it was the right thing to do. Parents were at one time bound by their God-given duty and privilege to raise their children in the way that they should go so that they would not permanently depart from the goals to live a life of high morals, belief in God, and to be a positive contributor to society. Lurking in the shadows, however, are those of leftist ideology, which centrals around personal, national, and global destruction. Today, some parents and numerous educators participate in grooming little children for living an unnatural lifestyle of sexual confusion, hatred of themselves, hatred of God, country, and the family. Many young students in San Francisco are forced via adult negligence to walk through blocks of brutish and filthy homeless adults and their sidewalk excrement. Wake up, America! How you treat your children will dictate our nation's future. I'm Ron Edwards. Brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. I, I do not view abortion as a, uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. You're listening to Tap Into the Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Jill Biden's husband. Thank you. Thank you, George. Just when I came to the United States Senate 120 years ago. Keep forgetting I'm president. All right, well, uh, good old Uncle Joe, good old creepy, handsy feely, ooh, barely there, Beijing Biden, Uncle Joe, 
Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. While he's walking his dinosaur, uh, I want to remind you that it's summertime. I don't suppose I really need to remind you of that. After all, it's been pretty warm just about everywhere. Uh, but one of the best things about summertime is your opportunity to make memories. Whether you're a young couple or uh, a uh, couple that now has a family, you got children, you're taking them out, or maybe you just like to go out on your own, there's no better place to make summer memories than, you know, outdoors. And if you're going to go make some great summer memories, you're really going to need a great cooler. There is none better than blue coolers. Right now, they've got extra savings. All you have to do is go visit the site to see details. Uh, First-time orders, you're getting 5% off, and you've got all kinds of other great savings options on the table, especially if you decide to buy a bundle. Uh, Ultimately, the more you buy, the more you're going to save. The percentage of your discount goes higher based on what you're getting. Fantastic values, fantastic deals, and they are already the best value in the roto-molded cooler range. You got the same quality, maybe even a little better than that other brand. You know, the one, the Himalayan Sasquatch guys. Yeah, those folks, uh, same quality, if not better, uh, roughly 40% of that cost. So basically, you're getting 10-day ice at half the price, and, and you really you can't beat that. Check out Blue Coolers whenever you get the opportunity. There is a link in the show description that will not only take you there, but it'll also let them know that I sent you. So use that link from the show description if you're listening to the podcast. If you're listening on Terrestrial Radio, uh, then just come visit me at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, into the truth, all one word, dot com. And uh, once you land on that homepage, scroll down past recent guests and you will see banners for blue coolers. That will work just the same. So, uh, you know, just go check it out. Trust me, if you haven't already taken your vacation or if you're planning on doing some camping or even just a trip to the park where you're going to make it an all-day thing, blue coolers is the best value cooler you can get, including the brand-new Cobalt line, which is a little more economical on the price tag because uh, they're not quite as thick and as well-insulated. So you're getting five-day ice at a fraction of the price. All right, let's get back to the conversation. This is part two of my discussion with Ron Edwards. Uh, Don't go anywhere, guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and thank you so very much for staying with us through that very brief break. As always, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, Certainly enjoy you uh, taking the time to listen to uh, my meanderings and, of course, uh, the actual wisdom that you get from uh, the multitude of guests who stop by. And today's guest is uh, the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook and the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron, again, thank you so much for joining us today. And before we get into anything else, because there's always this time crunch at the end, and I I have been known to blow it in the past and not get enough time to do it, (laughs) please let everybody know where they can find your work. Well, please tune in, and thanks for the opportunity, Tim. Please uh, feel free to tune in Monday through Friday, uh, at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific, via the K-Star talkradio.com network. And you can have the chance to listen to the Ron Edwards American Experience. And uh, I hope that uh, you guys will enjoy it. And it's not as good as Tim's show, but uh, at least I come in uh, a, a, a close second. 
And um, I, I think I do a credible job, but uh, join in anyway. You can call in, I'll give the number over the air, and uh, we have a good time over there. And uh, it's called Kicking Dragon, Taking Names and Kicking Dragon. So uh, enjoy, and that's kstartalkradio.com. All right. Well, I uh, do appreciate uh, the uh, the compliment as well. Not sure I deserve it, sir, but uh, thank you just the same. Uh, you're you're already a regular for as often as you want to visit, Ron. You, you don't have to keep <laughs> keep stretching that. Uh, in how much my show was that great? <laughs> but thank you just the same. Uh, before we uh, uh, took that uh, little brief uh, break just a moment ago, we were taking a look at the upcoming. Uh, presidential possibilities. Uh, I, I think we're probably an eyelash away from getting an official announcement from Donald Trump. I think we're going to be seeing him run. Uh, he wants to basically correct the wrong that was done to him in the previous election. I think most people that have the ability to look at the situation and separate themselves from their emotions, uh, clearly they at the very least can acknowledge that there was something very fishy about the results of uh, that presidential election. And if we can start with that common ground, maybe maybe there's still hope. Uh, a lot of us, uh, myself included, tend to think that there was such a level of shenanigans that took place in key locations that they knew they would have to swing uh, that there was just flat out stolen. It, I I know, uh, especially for conservatives, it seems like right now it's almost you're being a bad boy by saying this. But uh, it, the truth is the truth. I, I honestly believe that the election was stolen from Trump. I do not believe that there is any universe in which Joe Biden could have received that number of votes. Uh, I, I don't think there are enough Democrats that would have voted for Joe Biden given his history. I don't think there's enough never-Trumpers that uh, call themselves Republicans to have swayed that election in such a way. I don't think there's enough people that legitimately hate mean tweets more than uh, they hated where the economy was under Trump and where they where our international standing was at. So I, I just don't believe it was possible. Now, maybe that's just my bias. Maybe I'm just being silly about it. But I do think we're about to see Trump run. I would love for him to go ahead and make that announcement so that anybody else, like a Ron DeSantis, for example, doesn't get into the race uh, not wanting to run against Trump because I would hate to see what that might do to the party because uh, uh, I, I do think Ron DeSantis makes for a good candidate. Uh, I know there's some never-Trumpers that would run. I don't mind them getting into the race if they do because I know by Super Tuesday they're all done. Not a uh, never-Trumper would remain in the in the legitimate mathematical race to become the nominee. Uh, but that calculus changes if you do have one or two good candidates that uh, decide to stay in. Uh, what is your thoughts looking at the potential uh, Republican primary race? Do you think, uh, as I do, that uh, Donald Trump's pretty much a give me at this point? And if so, should he run? Do you, do you think that that's the right thing? Yes, I do think that he should run. I think that um, as much as I like Ron DeSantis, and I really do, I think I like him almost as much as I do Donald Trump. And in a couple of areas, I like him even better than Trump, but I won't even mention those areas. But I think Mr. Trump should get back in office and, as you so aptly pointed out, should right some of the wrongs that did occur. And um, 
He needs to clean house. And I just pray this time he'll have better discernment on who he surrounds himself with. Um, because, I mean, all the way down to his own daughter, Ivanka, Ivanka, the globalist, and Jared, uh, very dangerous people. I mean, I, either you're pro-American or you're globalist pig. And uh, he's got to really, really hunker down this time around and not trust, uh, you know, like Ronald Reagan, trust but verify. He's got to do a better job of that. Other than that, I think he's uh, perfect for the job. Um, and he likes to do things quickly. And we need someone who can get in there and get our military back up to snuff quickly. Because, uh, for example, I'll give you a, a quick example. Mother Russia just launched a 500-foot submarine, the world's largest, dwarfs our largest by many feet. And this submarine is so powerful that it could sit in the harbor in Russia and fire off missiles to our coasts. And so that's just one tiny example. Uh, Any more, uh, the uh, Chinese uh, Navy dwarfing ours. And ours con continues to, they keep continuing to drop off n more ships to uh, mothball every year, uh, thanks to Biden. Now you've got all the boyfriends humping each other in, in the Navy and on, on the ships. That's more important to no good idiots like, uh, what is the black guy's name uh, over the Department of Defense? Um, what's his name? I, 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 I should know his name. I should know his name. He's so evil. I, I've, if you're that wicked I, and I disdain you so much, I can literally forget your name and you could be standing in front of me. I, it's a miracle I still remember Joe Biden's name. Um, it's the big black guy. He's, he's, oh gosh. Anyway. Uh, Lloyd Austin. Is that who you yes. think? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I couldn't and, think and, of it either, Ron. I had to look it up. <laughs> so. you know, Gen General Milley, these, these people that are more concerned about boys in skirts and boys poking at each other than us being in a position to defeat. Remember our military used to be able to take on two conflicts at one time. Now we can barely take on one, whether it's Mother Russia or China, and we definitely could not take them down uh, together. They decided to, to, to uh, bum rush us. We need Trump back. Uh, we need someone who understands that if you are president of the United States, your job is to serve at the behest and the interest of the United States and to keep her a blessed nation under God. And he understands that. And unfortunately, what scares me is that there's still to this day so many Christians that run around here. Oh, tr Trump, this, that, and the other. And it circles back to some, some, some very light, superficial stuff. Well, he used to play around a lot with the girls. Well, you would have too, sir, when you were young, if girls liked you. You know, this, that's what I come back with. That's, I throw it back at them because to just show them how stupid they are. And I'm talking about ministers. Yeah. And so, um, the, you know, the, the, the lightweight issues that the, that the so-called Republicans and these ministers are using not to fully support Trump, despite all that they have witnessed of the Biden administration, which has been at war with the church, with the true church. And so Trump has been the first president in my lifetime since Ronald Reagan to stand up for any level of Christian values and virtues in this country. And in fact, Trump did a better job of standing up for Christian virtues and values 
than the so-called Christian Mike Pence, than the so-called Christian uh, Kenneth Copeland, uh, T.D. Jakes, who are some of the other ones? Mr. Smiley, um, the guy who looks like the Burger King um, caricature character, um, Joel Olstein. And and, and, and and I'm just being honest with you. You can check behind me and see who stood up better or more strongly for good values in America between those ministers and many others or Donald Trump. And even in their personal lives were in some cases worse than Donald Trump's. And I could blurt that out to you as well. I could back up my case on that. Yeah. And so, yeah, we need Donald Trump. As much as America, as American farmers need rain and sunshine, because who else, who else on the horizon other than DeSantis, is, is there that the Republicans have? Even good Republicans, like uh, uh, you know, they're most of them are influenced by globalism, yeah. and yeah, they would be better for the economy, like George W. Bush was, but still underneath, they're still globalists, and that would harm us in the long run. They would back BS wars. You know, Trump was really cleaning house, not only in America, but around the world, the Abraham Accords. Right. You know, it, and I could, the list is long. And when I hear these, you know, I understand the left. I mean, they want destruction. But when I hear the, my so, so supposed allies of the Christian faith being just as anti-Trump as, as, as the most wicked lizard Cheney, that is very concerning to me, sir. And we do need Donald Trump bigly. Absolutely. Yeah. And to your point about the military, uh, we literally have a more uh, a bigger concern that uh, these fine folks now have a safe space. Uh, the absurdity of safe space uh, being used <laughs> for the military. The idea your job is literally to create a situation where there are no safe spaces for our enemy. How is it that you're going to need to go find a cry closet because your drill sergeant maybe <laughs> called you a Nancy boy? Okay. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's as bad as they're allowed to go. Uh, and if you do that, they're on report and maybe they're getting booted out. It, it's utterly ridiculous. And you're right about that. We need to get a return to the idea of what it's for. Trump does understand that because Trump understands negotiations. You may not like him, but but he understands, number one, that you always have to negotiate from a position of strength. If you have a weak military, you have already lost the negotiation if you're talking international stage. He also understands that you have to be able to reach across and show that you have a, uh, a shared interest, which is why you should work together. That's how the Abraham Accords were able to be built. For the first time, you have a country like Saudi Arabia who has never had e even an inkling about uh, creating uh, full-blown relations with Israel before it was really demonstrated to them, first and foremost, their real enemy in the region is Iran. And guess who else has an enemy of Iran besides anybody who actually believes in liberty and freedom? Uh, uh, the the entire world, really, but they don't realize it. But uh, that would be Israel. Israel is a strong partner. Uh, they are a strong ally. You should be friends with them. And once that thought was put there, now they're moving in that direction. Joe Biden just recently said uh, on his Middle East trip that it took a long time to, to normalize those relations. Bottom line yeah. is right now, if 
We wanted it to happen. It would be formalized before the end of this year because Saudi Arabia already wants to do it. And unfortunately, if we had a president that wasn't trying to alienate the Saudis from the minute he ran for office, uh, it would probably be a lot easier to get done then. It would probably already have happened. But these other countries that are part of it, they're absolutely uh, there. And to your other point about uh, the the battle between organized religion and actual uh, people of faith, yeah, it, it's it's hard to find a church uh, that has uh, a full congregation setting there where it would be emptied out considerably if you were not allowing people who have committed a sin or two in their lifetime inside the building, uh, including the pastors. So your, your point is well made. And yeah, uh, Trump, by virtue of standing up and saying, here's what America should look like, did a lot more to stand up for Christian values as well as American values than just about anybody else in the business. So you, your point is well taken. Uh, can I make one? Could I make one more point? Maybe, yeah. maybe one and a half points. Yeah, go right ahead. Another good reason why I don't want DeSantis to run now is because DeSantis is, in my opinion, the best governor of a state since Ronald Reagan. Maybe even better than during Ronald Reagan's time. I don't know. But those are the only two great governors that I know of uh, in my lifetime. I know of some good ones, but I but those are the two great ones. And DeSantis right now represents the ninth, one of the large largest economies in the entire planet. And with this situation going on in our country today, we need independent states that are very prosperous and have a big impact on the United States economy overall. Yeah. Texas is another one, but, you know, Abbott, you know, he talks a good name, a good game, but rather when it comes to action, it's more more like a So it, it, DeSantis is very important in that regard. And uh, it was one of the, one of the points that, that I wanted to make concerning um, the race. That's okay. It's it's stupid to try to hang on and go uh, 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 like Joe Biden. So we'll move on. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> w one one last quick question about about the possibility of this upcoming uh, primary season for president. Who do you think uh, Trump should uh, tap as his VP choice this time? Oh man. Uh, well, Carrie Lake would be great, but she's running for governor of Arizona, and, and based upon what I've heard her say in recent years, even though, believe it or not, I think it was the first election of uh, Obama, she voted for him, but she's done a um, remarkable turnaround, <laughs> and uh, Trump is supporting her. Uh, so, no, she's out. They need her in Arizona, if she's telling the truth. I don't know, man, because I most of the Republicans, uh, even Ted Cruz, Oh, he's a big disappointment. Maybe Matt Gates, um, only because her name has been tarnished so badly by the by the media. Uh, people don't like her, but uh, she's one of my all time favorites as far as being a congressperson, and I think she would be a great vice president. Is Marjorie Taylor Greene, but because they have sort of like. Um, um, they, they, they kind of borked her in a sense or, um, you know, just made her to look like she's an idiot. But when she's not an idiot, 
she's very, very patriotic and she's a fighter. She, she, she pushes back. I love her, how she pushes back against those leftist reporters and everything. And she's spot on every time I see her open her mouth. But uh, the American people are very ignorant. If someone is dogged out and they're from the conservative Christian side, they, they buy into it and, oh, yeah, okay, then they're no good. Even people on our side do that. Yeah. So this is a tough question. I, I, I don't know because um, there's a lot of Republicans I can think of, but every time I think of them and before I open my mouth and say their name, a red flag uh, goes off. Uh, you know, it's like you can't trust them. You can't trust them. You can't trust them. I don't know who. Um, I'm, I'm, you're a little smarter than I am. You might have someone, but I don't know. Yeah, you know, honestly, I, I'm not sh- sure where he should go either. I, I'm thinking he would be well served to uh, select a well qualified woman. I think that goes a long way towards bringing back some of that uh, uh, suburban mom. We hate the mean tweets, so we don't really care about the policy type votes could bring them back into the fold. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, under normal circumstances, probably would be a great pick. In fact, I love that idea. But like you, I recognize that even conservatives have kind of downed her uh, for being a conspiracy theorist and being kind of out there. And uh, the mainstream media would play this off as this is just more white supremacy. and It's the white supremacy ticket and play it up that way. And, and I don't know enough people would dig in to get to the truth. There'd only be uh, folks like you and me who really follow this stuff enough to know better. And, of course, we'd be screaming it from the rooftops. But, again, uh, there's just this huge disconnect between where the Republican Party is and how they actually communicate the the platform itself. Uh, they, they just don't seem to be – at this point, it's almost willful. Because yes. all, you, all you have to do is look at how the left presents their lies and gets enough folks to buy into it. How much harder should it be to sell the truth? <laughs> I know. I know. It's. Uh, can I share just a little bit of good news? Yeah, go ahead. For you and, and your audience? We, we need a it, poll, Ron. <laughs> yes. A poll shows that only 27% approve of Lizard Cheney's job performance after uh, aiding the uh, January 6th committee. And in addition... Trump endorsed Harriet Hegman or Hedgeman um, leads Lizard Cheney by 22 points in the Wyoming primary. Wow. So I pray I pray that uh, that uh, holds forth and that uh, that Lizard Cheney is trounced in the, in the primary. Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, most likely going to happen. I thought that even before we got to this uh, show trial sham we got to see for the primetime special and all the televised <laughs> BS since then. But I, she's definitely come out and proven that she has no concern about the rule of law and wants to try and convict Trump based on hearsay from folks that have been proven to be liars. But she wants to present them as being honest and forthright and credible. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think that's how that works. Or at the very least, that's not how it should work. All right. So uh, that's the end of 
segment two of the Ron Edwards Sunday afternoon conversation that I had. Uh, we're going to carry over that third section to start off right off the uh, top of hour number two of the broadcast. But I've got to say goodbye to those of you that are listening to Terrestrial Radio for today. So I want to invite you to please tune in uh, again tomorrow to the radio station that you're listening to right now uh, at the same time to hear hour number two of today's broadcast, which happened to be on uh, July 17th, 2022, time of the live broadcast for your benefit. And uh, tune in either that or if you just can't wait, uh, come find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a really good chance that you'll find us there. But if you are listening on Terrestrial Radio, uh, I do have to reset the hour. And with that in mind, allow me to take this opportunity to say unto you, uh, don't take my word for it. Not not one little bit of it. Not one thing that I say do I want you to just say, all right, that's it. That's the truth. I'm done. No, 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 no. Go do your own homework. Do your own research. Dig into the facts. I know sometimes it can take a little time and take a little effort, but believe me, it is worth it to know for yourself, to find exactly where the media has been lying to you and find the truth uh, on your own. If you come to it that way, nobody can take it away from you. So don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. The mainstream legacy media, the elected politicians, regardless of what letter is at the end of their name, uh, they all have a vested interest in you not necessarily knowing the truth. So don't take their word for it either. Dig into it. In the meanwhile, that's, that's it. Stay safe and uh, be smart out there, uh, guys. Uh, trust me. Because the only way... That you're going to be able to tap into the truth is to check it for yourself. In the meanwhile, one final message to Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go. Hey. state son to love the flag and own a gun warned about the greed within the mass they met beneath the moonlit sky a college party drunk and high and when they had degrees they said their vows he couldn't say when he couldn't say how he couldn't say why she was different in his eyes and had a kid tried to live like their parents did but both their parties taxed them close to death they learned to hate the public schools watch TV making fools while trial lawyers looted what was left she she couldn't say when she couldn't say how she couldn't say why he was different in her eyes Saw them years ago A happy little cabin in the west 
they homeschooled on their farm, making so much more from so much less. They can say when, they can say how, and they can say why. They're different in your eyes. of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, and I am coming to you from beautiful, lovely, scenic, and historic Roan County, Tennessee. All right, guys, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you know that we have just kicked off the second hour of a two-hour live broadcast that, uh, well... Today we chronicled my Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards. 
And uh, we'll get back to that conversation because uh, we ended up running a little long. And this last segment is certainly worth uh, getting kicked in and including on today's broadcast. So if you heard the first hour, uh, stay right there. We're going to finish that conversation. If you didn't, uh, if you're listening to terrestrial radio, for example, and you just happen to come across us uh, because this show is rebroadcast on a few stations across the country, uh, if you're right there and you want to go back and hear the first two parts of this conversation, then uh, go find uh, the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a really good chance that wherever you listen to them, you can find us. Uh, the Tap Into The Truth channel is around there somewhere. Just remember to spell it T-A-P-P, Into The Truth. Uh, that'll get you where you're going. So with no further ado, let's go ahead and play that uh, last portion of the Sunday afternoon conversation that I had with uh, the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, uh, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience, uh, the last little bit of my conversation with Ron Edwards. All right, Ron, let's try to sneak in one more topic before we uh, run completely out of time. Uh, I'd save this one for last because in the grand scheme, it's still not that big of a deal. But overall, uh, it does still uh, point very heavily towards where we're at in the uh, the culture war. And uh, if need be, I'll just uh, – if we do run a little long, I'll just break this uh, into yet a third segment, and we'll play it on another show because uh, I think it's a pretty interesting topic. Now, fortunately – there is a U.S. District Court judge in the, here in the great state of Tennessee that has said that uh, the Biden administration is not going to get to force down their ridiculous radical race and gender theory uh, onto American universities and American high schools uh, uh, just based on their ideology currently about federal fundings and the Title IX uh, I about said uh, some naughty radio words, Ron, uh, the bovine excrement. <laughs> but uh, um, while that's good, on the other hand, we just had the University of Pennsylvania try to nominate Leah Thomas as the 2022 Woman of the Year for the NCAA. So there's two juxtapositions. Uh, jump in with the ruling first, and then let's talk a little bit about where the NCAA is at with this choice. Well, I, I was pleasantly surprised about the uh, judge in Tennessee ruling. I, I was more than pleasantly surprised. Actually, I was very happy about that ruling. But my only problem is that will it be backed up by enforcement? Will they – because it's already being taught in all, most of the schools and universities and the like – and so will it be stopped or ripped out of the curriculum? And so um, enforcement is, is now the key in, in getting the garbage out and helping, you know, to get the situation back to true education of American students. And um, but I, I big salute to that to that uh, judge for, for saying that. And I also read. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm glad I did read it before um, my breakfast this morning. <laughs> the second time I was reading, going over some subject matter, and I read it, and I said, oh, Lord, thank God. Why, my wife hadn't cooked my breakfast yet. Uh, I almost upchucked uh, nothing. I almost upchucked bile mm -hmm. uh, when I read the story about the University of Pennsylvania. I used to have so much respect for that uh, university because I thought it was such a beautiful campus, Happy Valley and all of that. Uh, you know, but it's, it's, it's par for the course. It's par for the course for the attitude 
of um, academia uh, in our nation today to promote the insane in order to to normalize it in, in society. They're using the prestige of a great university like the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, it's it's Pennsylvania. Bro. I mean Pennsylvania. Yes, oh, sir. please forgive yes. me. Please forgive me, uh, Pittsburgh. But the University <laughs> of Pennsylvania, well, which Pen- is or, Pen- or was a great university, uh, for them to promote such insanity is because they're trying to promote this stuff uh, and, and normalize it into society, despite rulings, despite the science. And that's the that's the thing. The left is defiantly going against God's creation and man's scientific research. And so uh, we this is this is something, Tim, this is another case in which parents. This is where responsibility gets gets in 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 liberty. Parents have the liberty not to to allow their students to go there. There are many other uh, universities and colleges in this great nation. And some of them, there's a few good ones. <laughs> you just have to search high and low. But there are some good ones in, in the United States of America. Liberty comes to one. Hillsdale, Grove City. Well, that's three. Um, but uh, they, they're out there. Yeah. And so if parents stop uh, sending their children to these universities, they'll stop getting intellectually um, lambasted because uh, they're not being intellectually stimulated. Uh, in these universities. It's got to be stopped, Tim, but it cannot be stopped on its own. You know, judges can rule all they want to, but if there's no backup from the parents who now have a leg to stand on legally in fighting this stuff for those students who are there, but other parents need to say, you know what, Johnny, uh, Janie, you're not going. Screw that, especially if they're paying for the for the university. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the whole thing here, everything from the election of uh, Virginia Governor uh, Youngkin uh, all the way mm-hmm. to this uh, court case that was uh, announced this past Friday where the Tennessee judge said, hey, look, uh, the Biden administration cannot use Title IX to force you to uh, to have to let boys into the girls' uh, bathrooms and into the uh, locker rooms and vice versa. Uh, as much as they may want to force you into that, that it's still up to you. And that's the key point. It is up to the parents. It has been the parents finally realizing. The one good thing I can think of from the scamdemic, Ron, is the fact that a lot of parents for the first time actually got to see for themselves because of all the Zoom and Skype-type uh, classes uh, what was actually going on in these classrooms. And uh, turns out it was a lot worse than even the most left-leaning of uh, lefty parents thought it was. And they realized that a lot of people like you and me had been telling the truth from the beginning that we now have a series of folks that are doing – they're in the education profession that (laughs) they're so indoctrinated that they don't even know that they're just indoctrinating and pushing propaganda anymore because they themselves were victims of this same system. And it has gotten to – you're getting copies of copies now. And you know it used to be the joke back when uh, uh, folks like – me and you, uh, we we know what a ditto machine was, so we know what's meant about the loss of quality when you keep trying to copy <laughs> copies. Uh, these young folks probably don't know so much because they're just copy paste and uh, then post. <laughs> they don't get the the fun of even handwriting anything anymore. But that's uh, true. It, it is still on. 
it's still on the uh, the animus of the parents to continue to push. It's a battle that can be won. We're seeing it being won, but your point is spot on. It has to be the parents that continue. They poked the mama bear. They woke the mama bear. She still wanted to hibernate. She liked the idea of being able to nap and have 4 p.m. wine time with the book club and not have to worry about what the school was doing. But now that she knows better... She's getting angry. Her nap wasn't done, and now she's not getting to her wine on time. Now, maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> I'm promoting a very bad stereotype there, but I can't think of an angrier person that I would not want showing up at my school board meetings. And beyond that, that – oh, go ahead. That, that's true, but also I, I want to see the fathers involved. Right. Um, because I'm, when I was in school, for example, in Cleveland um, – and at that time, Cleveland had one of the best school systems in the entire country, but it wasn't good enough for our parents. It was a combination of uh, black and white parents. And my father was one of those leading the charge. And they took us out of school for over a month. And we thought we were going to get off easy because uh, we were, you know, silly little students. Actually, by, by, by today's standards, we were getting a far superior education. Mm-hmm. And it did prepare us for college and all of that. But our parents were saying, no, it can be better. And we uh, were being taught by our parents in, in the basement of a church. And it was much more difficult than what we were getting at home. I mean, at school, rather. And because at first we thought we were going to be getting a break. Oh, this is just mom and dad and, and, our, and, our, and, our, and our friends, and, you know, friends, the family and all this. Oh, Lord. <laughs> they were much rougher than our, than our, than our uh, teachers. Yeah. And so... When we went back to school, guess what? There was a difference. And so, and dads were involved. See, we got to get the fathers. Fathers used to be very heavily involved in the direction that their children took, especially in the education field. If you go back and study the 19th century and the early 20th century, fathers were there big time. And so I understand about the mama bear and all that that's due to American, you know, our American society. And the men have become wimpus Americanus apologeticus, weak and droopy daffodils. But dads, you gotta you, you gotta be men again. You gotta stand up because you're gonna be judged more than anyone by God by the direction your family took. Mama can do all she wants to do because well, this feminazi society, but God's gonna be saying, uh, yeah, uh, Mister, <laughs> yeah. what did you do? What did you allow? And we're going to have to answer for that, Tim. Yeah. Seriously. Well, I certainly didn't mean to indicate I don't want fathers involved because I certainly do. I know. You're, I know. You're, you're absolutely right. But my line of thinking uh, has a lot to do with what we saw in Virginia in the early days when uh, when we were first finding out the truth about things that were going on, in, in particular in Loudoun County, Virginia, where fathers who were finding out what was happening to their children, uh, one particular father in, in a case in point who was literally arrested at a school board meeting because yes. he stood up and said he wanted to know what was being done and then called out the principal for lying about the fact that his daughter had been raped in the bathroom by a so-called transgender male student who was supposed to be a female. Now, you can post that in the mainstream media. You can point that out, and you can frame that in a fashion of this guy was just nuts and overreacted. It's a lot harder for them to paint 
the mothers in that same fashion. So they start carting them out. That's when real change happens, too, because that's when they don't have a way of really saying, well, this is just somebody overreacting. When you're all together, yes, men, definitely. Be fathers again. That is the biggest problem this country is facing. Too many families without fathers, period. That's the one thing all these crazy uh, school kids going around shooting up places have in common. Uh, They don't have a strong male role model in their life, and and 90% of the time. So, yes, the fatherless crisis is still ongoing, and we've got to correct that. That comes back to the fact that you build families at home. You build people Amen. in families, and uh, those families need to be in the home loving each other, and they need to be in a church seat uh, when the doors are open and understanding uh, that what they're called to do. And with those two things as your armament, you are prepared to stand up. So, again, sir, you are absolutely point on. Uh, but my thing wasn't about, okay, just let the women lead the way. It's more about it's hard for the left to paint a, such a picture of a woman as it is for the male a lot because of that uh, image that's been promoted by the left that you were talking but there's, about. But there's a solution, but there's a solution to that. Yeah. Big heap on solution. Dads go in there, speak eloquently and correctly about the issues, point them out, get arrested, get a lawyer and sue the hell out of those uh, governments and those police departments and, and, and keep doing it over and over again. Bam, bam, bam. That will that will kind of cool their heels, my friend. And then if you get good organizations in the media, well, folks like yourself and and others who are freedom fighters to get the word out at the same time. Breitbart, Breitbart's another one, um, Blaze, and which reaches a lot of people. And we all do are reaching more and more people. And so it's just we just have to keep pushing like water on a rock. And uh, to get and we have to force the issue to get the dads back because they are are that symbol of authority. And if you if it takes a, a hundred lawsuits around the country simultaneously because they want to arrest fathers, the thin blue line has gone so corrupted now that they're willing to arrest and beat down dads who are telling the same truth that the females are 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 are, are telling. No no lies. And if, even if they are going half cocked. And if they are talking a bunch of gibberish, that's no reason to body slam somebody to the ground, especially since they allow, if you're on the left, people like that to go to the houses of Supreme Court justices, allow them to burn down cities like Minneapolis, tear down to break um, a mile of uh, uh, business uh, storefronts like they did in downtown Cleveland in 2020, a mile. From Playhouse Square to Public Square is a mile in downtown, and they literally shattered all the businesses. Well, a few that didn't get shattered, uh, the owners stood there with guns. But everyone else got shattered and, and broken into. But other cities got it much worse. They weren't arrested. And so these fathers need to stand up, get arrested, turn around, and sue the heck out of the, of, of the cities. See, we've got to get a little crazy. We have to get a little cray cray ourselves, yeah. but smart, but smart cray cray. I don't mean just helter skelter. Right, right. Uh, organized, actually, take a page out of the left's playbook, but instead use their Strategy. use their strategies for good. Uh, one yes. of the best things that we could do is actually do plan on getting arrested, a little civil disobedience uh, on the side of truth, but. 
organized ahead of time as to who's going to do it and make sure that, uh, hey, if you're a, a parent's group that's concerned about what's going on in your school, you're going to do this. Make sure that you have funds ready uh, to bail out the one person who draws the straw who gets to be your face. Uh, you know, Be ready. Be organized. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Ron, I, I hate it because you you know it's that time again. <laughs> we, we have been uh, speaking now for better than an hour, and uh, the way uh, the – Segments have to get broke up. That means uh, we've had two and a half segments uh, for my next broadcast. So thank you, sir, for uh, being so generous with your time. I want to thank you again for everything that you do. I want to remind everybody to visit your website over at uh, theronedwards.com. That is still the site, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I knew last time you had some maintenance going on, and and I had put that out there without thinking, and I just did it again. So I probably ought to make sure that she's back up and running before I – Yes. We finally got the information corrected. Uh, we had some problems with our, our carrier and all that, and they played games with us. So we got it straightened out. At least the information is correct, is accurate now. All right. So you guys go check out everything that Ron's doing. Uh, at some point, I know I keep mentioning this, and we have yet to, to make it happen because there's been so much in the news to talk about. But we do need to sit down and have kind of a revival meeting, too. Uh, maybe the next few times we'll get together, we'll like divide half of the segment into uh, current stories and then half of it. Because we need to revisit the seven pillars and really talk about that. Because okay. ever so often, I think it's good to remind everybody uh, exactly what these pillars of civilization are and why they're important. And uh, just in case some leftist is accidentally listening at the moment, maybe we'll spark their uh, curiosity enough for them to go do a little of their own research if they don't want to take our word for it, and maybe that will start them down a path that brings them back uh, into the fold of being a true American uh, rather than one of these uh, uh, mind-bended, mush-minded individuals who are suffering at the hands of the leftist globalist movement that sees our constitution and our American spirit as an obstacle to their control. So uh, that, that's what we can hope for. Anyway, Ron, thank you again so much. And, uh, you know, God bless. Keep up all the great work, sir. And the same to you, sir. To God bless to you and yours. And uh, please continue to do the great things that you're doing for this country and for our society overall. And uh, Godspeed to you and your wonderful audience. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Ron Edwards. And uh, we'll be back after this very brief break. All right. And we are going to go ahead and do the mid-hour break just a little early because, you know, it seems like a good place to do that. So stay with me. And on the other side, we'll see if I can't sneak in at least two more topics in the uh, bottom of the hour. Uh, Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. The Founding Fathers of the United States said goodbye to the British Empire over taxes they recognized as economic abuse. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. 
The amount of British taxes levied against the colonists were almost nothing compared to the Communist Manifesto taxes we put up with today. For example, the government says taxes land, taxes bed, tax the table at which he is fed, taxes tractor, taxes mule, teach taxes are the rule, taxes work, taxes pay, he works for pennies anyway, taxes cow, taxes goat, taxes pants, taxes coat, taxes ties, taxes shirt, taxes work, taxes dirt, taxes tobacco, taxes drink, taxes mind if he tries to think, taxes beers, If he cries, tax his tears. When he screams and hollers, then tax him some more. Tax him till he's good and sore. Then, when it's his time, tax his coffin, tax his grave, tax the sod in which he is laid. Put those words upon his tomb. Taxes drove me to my doom. Then, when he's gone, do not relax. It's time to apply for the inheritance tax. It's time, my friends, to demand economic liberty. I'm... Ron Edwards. Brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the, foot, uh, foot, excuse me, in the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. I actually traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. My name's Joe Biden. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden's husband. I keep forgetting I'm president. Man, oh man, how I wish I could forget he was... uh installed as president. Before we get back to the action, let me remind you, as I did back in the first hour of today's broadcast, that outdoor memories are the best kind of memories, and right now it's summertime, you need to be out there building it. Now, I was trying to get you to go visit Blue Coolers uh, back in that segment, but the same thing holds true for the fine folks over at Fire and Flavor. That's right. Fire and Flavor is literally doing everything to try to make sure that you can have your grilling adventure while you're out there. And you need to go visit and check out the Hero Grill System. It was designed to be the easiest compact portable charcoal grill on the market, and it is exactly that. Plus, not only do they have the Hero Grill System available, but they have special charcoal briquettes that are available along with uh, wood planks for grilling. They have a ton of great recipes. They literally have everything that you might need from dry rubs to to brines to just whatever in order to make sure that your grilling adventure is the absolute top best that it can be. So uh, follow the link in the show description if you're listening to the podcast uh, or checking it out on one of the video platforms or... Or, if you're listening on Terrestrial Radio, then by all means, please visit me over at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, into the truth, all one word, dot com. And uh, when you land on the homepage, scroll down past recent guests, you'll see banners for fire and flavor. Click on one of those. It'll work just the same. By doing that, they know I sent you, and your win-win scenario becomes a win-win-win because... I get a little finder's fee for sending you over there. So you help support the show that way. Uh, Fire and Flavor. Check it out. Hero Grill System, if you haven't already seen it. The easiest way and the most eco-friendly way while you're uh, on the topic, just in case that matters to you any at all, and I hope it does, at least a little. 
for you to have the best grilling adventure, all part of those summertime memories that uh, you should be looking to build. All right, let's get back to the show, shall we? I'm going to try to try to sneak at least two topics in. Would love to get a third, but something tells me I'm probably going to be returning to video to do a headlines you may have missed because I don't think I'm going to get to everything today. Uh, first and foremost, I did want to talk a little bit about all the ruffled feathers uh, that have come up since Joe Rogan decided that uh, he was going to call out Justin Trudeau. Yeah, recently on his show, he absolutely did not hold back. He he lambasted him. This was his past Thursday episode of the Joe Rogan Experience. Uh, he basically came out and said that, uh, uh, quoting here, Canada is communist now. He was talking to his guest and fellow comedian uh, Tom uh, Sergio. He said, quote, they're effed. They're effed. They've got to get rid of that guy. Now, again, he's still talking about Trudeau. Rogan admitted that he liked Trudeau before the pandemic. So, again, proving that Rogan's no, uh, no right-wing extremist by any means. Uh, we've mentioned that here before. He said that I, I like that he's a handsome guy. Seems sweet. He's good, a uh, good-looking guy. Confident. Good talker. And during the pandemic, I'm like, oh, you're an effing dictator. Oh, you don't like criticism. You're trying to shut down criticism by saying that all your critics are misogynist and racist. Uh, yeah, he was a leftist, Joe. He followed the leftist, globalist leftist playbook. During the anti-vaccine mandate protest of 2021, Trudeau called the, the large trucker protest a small fringe element in the country. He said that the protesters didn't uh, believe that the science uh, was the science and that they uh, lashed out with racist and misogynistic attacks. Rogan continued, quoting Rogan here, he's gross. He's a sketchy guy. He's got some shaky effing deals. Like, why do you want everyone to get injected every four months? They don't need that anymore. Like, what are we doing? So, Rogan added that the international travelers still can't visit Canada unless they're fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Uh, fully meaning uh, all of the booster shots that they want you to get as well. The government of Canada's website says, quote, unless, you're, unless you qualify as fully vaccinated traveler, you cannot enter Canada for reasons such as spending time at a seasonal home or cottage, visiting an immediate or extended family member if age 18 or over, attending a Canadian educational inst institution as an international student of age 18 or over, child care for your relatives, a personal or casual visit, air or rail crew, medical worker, transportation or sports, tourism, fishing, entertainment, or leisure. In fact, we've kind of seen this playing out with some of the Major League Baseball teams where uh, certain members of the team are not meeting that standard of being fully vaccinated. And so they just stayed home instead of going uh, to play against the Toronto Blue Jays, for example. 
It was at this point that his guest kind of chimed in, and he noted that New York City has vibes uh, of the peak of the pandemic. Uh, they're still not letting it go. As Ron uh, said uh, when he was visiting, we talked about that back in the first hour. Uh, the Democrats, several of them are still trying to make you afraid of this new sub-variant of Omicron. And, of course, the monkeypox virus as well. They want to have another pandemic. They want to have another reason to lock down uh, for these upcoming elections. And it's still about controlling you and providing opportunities to make it easier to commit voter fraud. But anyway, his guest said that I was just in New York. Everyone was masked up everywhere. I was like... What's going on? Why is everyone so masked up? Now, Rogan noted that uh, Austin is a fair different environment when it comes to COVID, talking about Austin, Texas. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, this became a big deal. This was Joe Rogan just having a conversation, as he often does, on his show. And he was pointing out something that, uh, well, something that I've been pointing out for a little bit here, and that's that Justin Trudeau is a tyrant. I've had broadcasts titled Tyrant Trudeau. So it's not that hard to imagine that somebody would feel concerned about what's going on for our friends, our neighbors to the north. And it's astounding to me that this is still considered an issue. There is no reason for anybody to have to mask up anymore unless you are severely immunocompromised. And in those cases, you're probably having to mask up anyway for reasons other than just COVID. When you really stop and think about it, this has never been about public health. Never. Again, we've pointed that out here before. You've heard it on other places as well, I'm sure, because if you listen to my show, I'm sure you listen to other conservative broadcasters out there. It's been about control. It's been about an effort to make sure that you are under their thumb, that they maintain the rank and file doing exactly what it is they want done. And the fact that so many people got upset about Joe Rogan calling Trudeau out just tells you how close to home his comments came. Justin Trudeau is a wannabe dictator, and his political party up there, again, all global leftist, they want the same thing. They want eventually for you to continue to uh, elect them to a point where they are no longer challenged. That's also what the cancel culture is about. They want to make sure that we're afraid to stand up and speak out. They want to make sure that you're afraid to to tell the truth when it comes to something. Now, I'm prepared to go full-blown pirate radio if that's what it takes. Here, the voice of freedom, uh, Radio Free America right here, if that's what we need to do. I'm prepared to send this any way I can into Canada. And the good news is I know that uh, there's a lot of folks in Canada that listen to this show. The bad news is I know that there's been some major effort to try and prevent the distribution of my show in Canada. I've been told as much. It's been blocked on certain platforms. It's no longer available in certain areas. And I've seen the total number of listens from Canada for the geolocation uh, part of my uh, my statistics that I get on the, the listenership 
I've seen it drop down significantly because of it, and, and I know that that's the reason. Now, I didn't at first, but like I said, I've been in contact with a couple of longtime Canadian listeners, folks that uh, found the show thanks to uh, Kel Fritzy back when uh, she was still with us and was doing her show, which was fantastic. Still love and miss you, Kel. Like to think that you're smiling down from heaven at me right now and uh, appreciating the mention. But uh, some of these some of these folks have been longtime listeners and say that even they sometimes have trouble finding uh, new uh, shows at this point through the same means that they used to listen. So there is that level of control, and that still comes from our friends in Canada, uh, Justin Trudeau and his political ilk. Well, make no mistake about it, boys and girls, the American Democratic Party wants the same thing. They believed once Barack Obama managed to get elected that first go-round, and I do believe he won the first election. I don't believe he won re-election. I don't believe you can have as many precincts uh, turn in results where you got 100% of the vote or you got 110% or 115% of the vote, and uh, or at least 115% more uh, votes in a precinct than you had eligible voters and still had several folks who voted against you in your precinct. I don't think all those things could have happened, which they did, and that has been documented. I don't think you can have all that happen, and there not be a recount triggered, and you don't get to the bottom of how it is that supposedly this one district over here had zero number of contrarian voters. I've not been in a, a community yet in any part of this country where you didn't have at least one person that was definitely going to show up to vote that was all like, whatever they're doing, I'm voting the other way. Even if I think it's the right thing, it's like I get nervous when I see everybody else agreeing. So uh, there just must be something I don't see. There's always at least one contrarian. So you're never going to get 100% of a vote from a district. I, I don't care who you are. Jesus could not show up and get elected with 100% of the vote for anything that he might be running for. It's just not going to happen. So Joe Rogan's telling the truth. It's a truth that anybody that does anything in media, even if you're a homegrown YouTuber, if you are a, just a straight-up podcaster or a vlogger, if you're involved in media at all, you know, no matter what you're doing, that you do run into certain issues with censorship, that you run into certain issues whenever you broach certain topics. You're not allowed to speak freely about every topic that you may want to address. So it's not at all surprising to see that this occurred. And it's not at all surprising to see so many people upset that Joe Rogan, with the biggest podcast audience on the planet, put that information out there. Because try as you may, Justin, you might be able to keep uh, a majority of the usual Canadian listening audience from hearing Joe Rogan's thoughts about you, hearing that criticism, that legitimate criticism of you and your actions, but you're not going to be able to stop it completely. And people, they don't need to hear Joe Rogan explain it to them. Our friends and neighbors to the north, they're living there. They know what's happening. 
remember, you do still have friends south of your border, myself among them. Stay strong. Start winning some elections. Take back your country. Canadians love freedom, too. Your current crop of governmental leadership, eh, not so much. Good luck to you. You still have friends down here. All right, another major story that you're probably not going to see a whole lot of coverage of. Uh, there was a brand new study uh, that was released that needs to be talked about. This is a new study. It was the literally the largest study of its kind to date. This particular study involved changes in menstrual cycles of women who received the COVID-19 vaccines. And evidently, these women are now far more prevalent than previously acknowledged uh, the side effects because the study found that 56% of women experienced changes in their menstrual cycle after being double vaccinated against COVID. In other words, they got the first dose and they got their booster dose, and then all of a sudden they started experiencing changes in their cycle. It, this is more important in regards to women's reproductive health and women's reproductive rights than the false narrative of Roe v. Wade uh, needing to be codified. So where's the left on this? Oh, yeah, well, they're on the side of making sure that you keep getting the jab and keep getting the jab and keep getting the jab. So much so that the Biden administration actually bought up a, a whole truckload of COVID vaccines, a new vaccine that had not previously been approved in the United States. They bought up a bunch for use here in the United States uh, under the presumption, evidently they probably had a heads up uh, from over at the FDA, that it would be approved by the time they would receive said order of vaccines. And, oh, wouldn't you know it, two days after the announcement that they had bought this vaccine, uh, the FDA, in fact, did announced that it had gained approval for emergency use. Why are we still under emergency use approval for any of these? Uh, there is no COVID emergency. None. There is not at the moment. And just because they want to try and panic you into thinking, oh, no, uh, uh, when summer is done, it will be fall. And in fall, you'll be going indoors and it will be cold season. And that's when COVID viruses run around. The COVID's going to get you guys. Any coronavirus is going to be around. You need to dose and dose and dose again. All right, so let's get back to this story because this is it's kind of an important story. Uh, according to the study, over 39,000 adults around the world, ages 18 to 80, who received two doses or more of the COVID vaccine participated in this study. In other words, if you had a single dose, even if it was the Johnson Johnson single dose, you weren't part of this. The participants were vaccinated with Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca. Uh, they did get the Johnson & Johnson, but they still required uh, the second dose here. And the Norvax vaccine, which is the brand new one that's just been uh, brought into the United States. It's been out in other parts of the world, but it had not previously been approved for U.S. use. Now, an alarming 42% of the study participants said that they experienced heavier bleeding during their menstrual cycle after receiving the COVID vaccine. 
there were 14% of participants who experienced unusually lighter menstrual cycles and 44% who reported no change. Quoting from the study here, uh, the author, uh, Catherine Lee, Ph.D., uh, in terms of who was more likely to see this effect in our sample, people who were Hispanic were more likely to see heavier bleeding. People who were older in the pre-menopause group were more likely to see heavier bleeding. People diagnosed with something like endometriosis or fibrosis were more likely to see heavier bleeding. Australia's Nine News reported uh, on this report saying, quote, The researchers highlighted that many study participants observed the changes to their menstrual cycles more than a week after vaccination, which is beyond the period when adverse symptoms reporting is closely monitored during trials for vaccine reactions. Now, why is that important to know? It means that this is something that AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, they might have all already known that this was a serious situation that was occurring. They may have known that it was common. And I'm sorry, if you've got 39,000 people participating in your study and you have more than 50% of your participants see a significant change in something that directly affects their reproductive health, then I would call that significant. It was a majority. This is the kind of thing that should have been reported. This is the kind of thing that should have been heavily included within the warnings of taking the jab. This is the kind of thing that probably should have pushed back emergency use authorization until more data could be collected. Yet, because it did in fact happen outside of that normal window... They weren't required to include it with the data that they were sending to try to gain that emergency use authorization. Ain't that just the stuff? Over at science.org, they said, quote, a peer-reviewed academic journal uh, added, quote, in the survey results published, 66% of 673 post menstrual people reported breakthrough bleedings as did 39% of 280 people on gender affirming hormones okay so that means the folks over at science.org looked at this research and saw that in breaking it down you had postmenopausal folks a high percentage of them experienced changes that were they returned to bleeding when they had actually no longer been doing so. And then they looked at 39% of 280 people that were included on this uh, who were receiving hormonal treatments of some kind, the gender-affirming hormones. Uh, in other words, uh, they were female, but they were getting testosterone. They were getting estrogen blockers. And yet the COVID shots managed to uh, recognize the fact that, hey, uh, you may be taking hormones to pretend like you're XY, but, uh, you know, we're 
we're directly addressing your DNA, and uh, we see that you actually have XX chromosomes, so bam. If the COVID vaccine recognizes what a biological woman is, why can't the left? Just, just a question. Answer for yourself. Um, however, there was a different message about vaccines affecting menstrual cycles earlier in the pandemic, if you'll recall. You had uh, over the New York Times printing uh, that, quote, so far, there's no data linking the vaccines to changing in menstruation. This was from Alice Lou Culligan and Dr. Randy Hunter Epstein, both Yale School of Medicine uh, folks. They printed this in the New York Times back in April of 2021, saying that even if there is a connection, one unusual period is no cause for alarm. So, you know, downplay the risk. Downplay the actual side effect that many biological females might find disconcerting. In May of 2021, the San Francisco Chronicle called, quote, claims that the vaccine may affect women's menstrual cycles, uh, said that they are, quote, myths and misinformation. Uh, it seems like, once again, the fact checkers uh, are just lying. It seems, once again, the leftist media uh, wants to push the narrative and wants to push their control over you rather than give you actual information that might cause you to be somewhat hesitant. It's like, hey, if I'm an otherwise relatively healthy individual, maybe even if I got COVID, it wouldn't be that bad and certainly may not be as bad as some of these potential side effects would be. Funny how that works. In January of 2022, you know, that that's being this year, that being just a few short months ago, the National Institutes of Health assured Americans that COVID-19 vaccines linked to small increase in menstrual cycle length. Uh, okay, so they, they, they first started the change right there, didn't they? First acknowledging that, okay, well, yeah, maybe, maybe it's having some effect. Because at that point, there were enough people that had been vaccinated, had been boosted, that the Fauci-led organization, along with several others in the Biden administration, were already starting to push the idea of multiple boosters. It was getting kind of hard to tell these women that what was obviously happening to them wasn't actually a thing. It's like, well, it might be happening to you, but it's still very rare, and, and we're sorry that it happened, but it turns out it's not as rare as they wanted us to think, is it? The CDC, they didn't change uh, anything. Uh, they, they don't list changes in the menstrual cycle as one of the possible side effects after getting the COVID-19 vaccine. They just don't. They don't acknowledge that there is that possibility. That's the CDC. The Science Journal noted, quote, clinical trials of COVID-19 vaccines didn't look for effects on menstrual cycles. Lee claimed that menstruation is ignored by science because, quote, there are very few senior people in science and medicine who are not white men. 
It's just not something they are thinking about as part of their lived experience. Now, I got to dig it because now the feminist uh, stalwart parts of the leftist organization are starting to call out the true misinformation, uh, the saying that, uh, well, it's just because of misogyny. Now, they got their information wrong. That's not why they did this. They did it because if women had a reason not to, they were afraid you wouldn't. Just that simple. They cannot have open defiance because they are our benevolent dictators. The authors of the study wrote in the uh, journal Science Advances, quote, generally changes to menstrual bleeding are not uncommon or dangerous. Yet, attention to these experiences is necessary to build trust in medicine. And isn't that really what this comes down to? Shouldn't you have some level of trust in these so-called professionals? Shouldn't we be able to say that the information that we're being given when it comes to our health is accurate? From the very beginning, from the very onset, you heard me say a multitude of times that this is not a political issue. This should not be a political issue. But what did we have? We had the left instantly trying to make it a political issue. They wanted to criticize Donald Trump for trying to downplay it, for trying to establish a sense of uh, confidence and normalcy in the United States to prevent panic. Now, you can critique his methods and his styles all day long, and you very well may have a point because Trump did present things in a way that maybe maybe he should have been a little more forthcoming with information rather than just act like, oh, no, this is nothing. We don't even have to worry about it here. We got it under control, which was the basic message at first. Now, I totally get why he wants to do that. I totally get why he should have done that. But you still can do it in a way that presents the information so that those people who feel the need to take extra steps of precaution could do so. Had it been presented in that fashion, it might have never become necessary to try to take all these uh, additional forced steps. That wasn't the only place that they uh, politicized it, though, because when Trump uh, put a little too much faith in folks like Fauci and all these other credentialed individuals, see, he recognizes, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert in uh, epidemiology. So let's let these guys do their job. Uh, their job is to be that trusted voice, so let's go with what they're saying. So he went along with what they did, and that was one of the worst mistakes he made during his presidency. He put too much faith in credentialed individuals who were part of the deep state, and and they were. Anthony Fauci is definitely part of uh, the deep state any way you want to define it. He put too much faith in those folks. He trusted them a little too much, and he went along with it. And the media still wouldn't give any acknowledgement for Donald Trump. Donald Trump did try to help push through the jab way faster than it should have been permitted to go. Part of it, I think, was um, politically motivated. Part of it also was the fact that, again, he still was trusting these folks, and he didn't realize that 
they were not doing their job. They were, in fact, being political actors, too. I would be perfectly content with uh, medical professionals coming forth offering the best advice they had to offer, and it just be wrong as long as it was legitimately what they thought was the best advice to put forth. But we know that's not what happened because they kept changing their own recommendations, and they never once came out and said, well, we were wrong about that. Even now, there has been very little, if any, acknowledgement about how masking was a mistake from the beginning, about how the shutdowns were a mistake, how it did nothing to prevent the spread. And it didn't. We were supposed to have six weeks to, to slow the slow the curve, right? It didn't do anything, not a bit. Now, you can say what you want to about people out and about and uh, not everybody actually being locked down, but I'm sorry, the folks who were out and doing stuff, they should have got it gotten over it, been done before anybody else came out. The masks that were available weren't appropriate. Uh, Fauci changed the position multiple times on, the, oh, no, you don't need a mask to, oh, yeah, you got to have a mask to, oh, no, well, only certain masks will work. Well, the reason I told you you didn't need the masks is because we were afraid you'd go buy up all the masks and then the nurses and doctors wouldn't have any. Uh, and that was all bunk. It was an excuse after an excuse to try and maintain control and maintain some level of credibility amongst those that still were buying into the panic porn that they were selling. You had uh, Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris, along with several other elected Democratic office holders of lower intent, going around saying, oh, well, you know what? If, if Trump does come out with a vaccine before the election, I wouldn't take it. Okay, so you're not going to take it. But you want to tell me that the reason you're not going to take it is just because Trump came out with it? No, they were literally trying to tell you, uh, quite rightly so in this case, that any vaccine that's pushed through that quickly can't possibly have been put through all of the previously necessary medical trials to get a good idea of how these uh, jabs are going to affect you long term. We are still literally within that window where ordinary trials would be going on before it would be allowed for even emergency authorization. So what happened once Biden was installed? Well, they took all the groundwork that Trump had already laid, and they took the vaccines that were out there, and they doubled and tripled down on it and then started trying to mandate that you would have to have it in order to engage in daily activities, to go to your job if you were lucky enough to still have one, to go out to a store and purchase an item that you may need. Otherwise, hey, sorry, you're going to have to order it online and I hope that somebody will deliver it to you. The mask mandates, the vaccine mandates, all these things they tried to push, and it was the same vaccines and they were following the same distribution plan that Trump had already put out there, even though they lied several times and said there was no plan. And then more people still died in COVID-related deaths under Joe Biden than under Donald Trump. And you can break it down. You can say, well, you know, Trump only had to face uh, X amount of time with COVID in the state, so it's not fair to look at uh, the total numbers. Now, fine, look at exactly the amount of time Trump had to deal with it, and then look from the starting, from day one of Joe Biden taking over up to that same time period. And Biden had nearly three times as many people die. 
once in, uh, all this was already going on. So it it did no good, and it was made political from the start. And this is just another example of how politics trumped common sense and your health. You deserve better. Remember that when you go into the polls here in the midterms and in 2024. That's going to have to be it for today. Remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. One last message for Joseph Robinette Biden before I go. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go, hey. let's go, let's go, Brandon. You know what they say,
I, I do not view abortion as a uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy, and I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions.